Great Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Welcome in to the great Scott show, the great sports callers, open think tank. Another weekend in sports is in the book and what a weekend it was. NFL week four reaction. Louisiana's raging Cajuns didn't play football this weekend and yet they benefited. LSU kept it simple and looked strong. Jimmy Buckets goes off for the Heat. How do you not love Jimmy Butler? The Heat will not be swept. Two Monday night football games tonight. The Saints! Boy, for a stretch there, they looked really good. Yeah, it was the Lions. Well, that was nice. Down as many key starters as they were. Running back room up all night because of a corona scare, and they still get the dub and look good doing it. We're going to dig into all of it this morning right here on ESPN1420.com. I'm Scott Prather. Good morning, everybody. How was your weekend? Good, I hope. Hope everyone's safe. Raging Cajun head football coach Billy Napier is going to join me at about 7.15 as he does on Mondays. It's a normal game week. Wasn't normal last week. Preparing for a game to be played Wednesday of this week. Then the game wasn't. Then they got a game rescheduled. Now they're playing Coastal Carolina, who isn't ranked in the top 25, but is getting votes, 25 votes to be in the top 25. Yeah. Couple of 3-0 and teams out of the Sun Belt going at it at Cajun Field this Saturday. We're going to dig in all of it, guys. All of it. All of it. Close to put up 52 in Arkansas State. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun. The Saints. I got to be honest with you. And I'm kind of glad I, I I didn't. At some point Saturday night, after uh, you know after the LSU game, after Iowa State beat Oklahoma, I told you Iowa State was really good. Oklahoma, on the other hand, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I watched a little bit of Saturday night live and then one of my kids started crying and I went and checked on them. And then eventually, you know, I, I just, I stopped checking my phone, I guess around 1030, which was a good thing. Woke up early Sunday dealing with kids. Um, by the time I looked at my phone, I saw this message come through like Saints game still on or Saints game back on. That's what it was. It's like, what? When was it off? What's going on? It's just <laughs> missed the entire rundown as it happened. And I'm glad because I would have been up. I would have been writing about it. I would have been anxious. I would have been at least actually slept. Michael Burton, the Saints fullback, which is Michael Burton got the most, no, no fullback in the Peyton Breeze era has been talked about as much as Michael Burton was 
in the middle of the night Saturday, with maybe the one exception of Mike Carney back in 2006 when he had a three-touchdown game when the Saints put it on the Cowboys in Dallas. How about them Cowboys? 42-17 was the score in that one on Sunday Night Football. 42, not as much as the Cleveland Browns put on Dallas yesterday, but that's a story for later this morning. So Burton gets a positive test. It's like, wait, what? Huh? Huh? We were all on the plane. Everything's been negative all week. We haven't done anything. So now it's, oh, God, contact tracing. Let's stay on it. Well, long story short, it turned short. It turned out to be a false negative. And they had to keep testing the running back room. They were up all night. The running backs were. Um, finally, it all got cleared. And at about 6.15, 6.30 yesterday morning, Burton was clear. Everybody was clear. No one had the Rona on the Saints, and the game was on. And you're thinking, okay, I mean, they're on the road. They got there yesterday. The running backs were up all night. They're missing Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins and Jared Cook and Andrews Pete. And they're missing a lot of key players here. Marcus Davenport, Mr. Glass. So, and then, oh, let's just let them drive right down the field on the first drive of the game, converting every third and long on the drive, and then Breeze's first pass is an interception, and then three plays later, it's a long third down conversion to Kenny Holiday, and boom, bam, just like that, it's 14 nothing. Well, don't even lie, Saints fans, how many out there were like, oh, uh, what the, it's not, not too good. Oh, God, can the, can the NFL maybe reschedule this game? Is it too late for that? But here's the thing. The most unpredictable season ever in sports is obviously in 2020. And when it comes to, to, to blowing leads, it's not just reserved for the Atlanta Falcons, although they do it with style. Look, the Bucs overcame a 17-point deficit yesterday to beat the Chargers. This is the first season in which at least one team has overcome a deficit of 16 or more points in each of the first four weeks of the season in NFL history. And it could happen more tonight. I mean, after all, the Falcons are up playing tonight. Then you have the Saints, who are down 14. Granted, it was with 10 minutes and 32 seconds left of the first quarter. But they got it done. And with three games remaining, or two games remaining tonight, the 2020 season has seen six games in which a team has overcome a deficit of 14 or more points and win. Tied with the 2018 season for the third most such games through the first four weeks of the season in NFL history. Only in the 2011 and 1979 season had more. So you get down early, it's okay. Especially if it's the Lions. And then the Saints just reel off. What? Four? Check that. Five scoring drives in a row. All touchdown drives. And they're down 14 nothing, And they're facing a fourth and four. And Drew Brees... It's Alvin Kamara, the running back, the great Alvin Kamara in man coverage, not against a linebacker, against a slot corner, and Kamara roasts him. Breeze throws a dime, first down, Saints in that drive with a touchdown, and then there was no looking back until Ryan Ramchek left the game. That, was, that wasn't good. Alvin Kamara talking with our friend Luke Johnson and other members of the media after the game about the wild night it was dealing with all the testing and everything else and explaining why he's happy with the win but not satisfied. 
Yeah, Elvin, how, how just crazy was the, like 12 hours before the game uh, and uh, just all the stuff you guys had to kind of deal with last night? And it was uh, crazy, you know, uh, with this all this protocol and stuff like that. Um, you know, guys were up, you know, I, I had to, I was up at 3 a.m., you know, just trying to figure out what was going on. Had to get test, retested. Um, you know, other guys were up at 3, 4. I mean, Mike was the one that got the false positive. He was up at like 5. He was, he was like, man, I ain't go to sleep. I'm like, you know, but nobody cares. At the end of the day, we still got to do what we got to do. So, you know, we got past that and came out here and we were able to get a win. Next question is from Jeff Duncan. Yeah, uh, Alvin, how big was this win for you all, considering you were one and two and you all get down in that hole early, 14 nothing, and able to fight back despite all the adversity? Uh, I mean, this, this win was big, you know, um, just coming off two losses. You know, we came in here, we, we, we prepared all week, knew what we wanted to do, kind of execute the plan. I mean, of course, the, those first two drives that we kind of – it was kind of it was, was kind of fluky of me a little bit, but um, nobody got down on themselves. We we stayed focused and we were able to execute and, and, and do what we had to do. Next questions from Sean Fazend. Hey Alvin, forty two rushes today as a team. I guess just can you just talk about the importance of uh, just establishing a ground game today? Yeah, uh, I think we we want to do that every week. Um, we got the best O line. Um, I think in the league, and you know when those guys get going, it's hard to stop them. You know, not just kept kept going to Sean like, man, make them stop it, make them stop it. That's that's just what I'm thinking in my head because, you know, when, when, when we get going, when our room is in, 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 talking about the running back room, when we get going behind that O-line, I mean, it's hard to stop. You know, I think today was a, was a good um, show. Next one's from Catherine Terrell. Hey, do you feel like today was maybe a springboard day for the offense? It felt like Drew was just putting the balls in tight windows and exactly where they needed to be, and everything just seemed to be clicking. I don't know if you got that sense, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, just a little back to earlier this week, a question that I got about Drew, you know, and a game like this will shut everybody up, just like I said. So he was on point. I'm never worried about that. It's nothing that, that I got to, like, award Drew for, you know, being Drew. I mean, I say it every year. It's Drew Brees. Like, it's not much to say. He 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 is it's, he's as advertised. So he did a good job today. You know, we were able to get our offense going. Uh, Sean Sean was on point, um, and we we got a big win. Sorry, that makes me laugh a little bit. Just in light of this whole weekend, that feels like it was weeks ago at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next questions from Mike Triplett. Alvin, just to follow up on that 42 carries, I mean, how much pride do you and I guess Latavius probably both take in? If that's the game plan, we're just going to run it, run it, and, and set the tone that way. How much do you invite that as a runner? Yeah, I love it. I mean, my, my I think my tone and, and my message to the, to our room every week is, you know, make make it run through us, make it flow through us, make the game flow through us. So, you know, make Sean give us the ball and – you know, when we're getting the ball and we're, we're going and we're, we're moving how we want to move and we're, we're getting positive yardage and the O-line is feeling it, I think it's hard hard to um, stop us and it's hard to stop our offense. Um, and then, shoot, not to mention Drew on point, putting the balls where they need to be at, Sean on point, calling plays. Um, I mean, it's, it's just it's, it's poetry. Good stuff from Alvin Kamara. The Saints are the best bet in sports in the month of October. They're 18-2 and two in their last 20 October games. They are 18 and 0 against the spread in their last 18 games. They are 17 and 1 and straight up in their last 18 October games. Against the spread, 18 and 0 in their last 18. Just saying. 
You know, Billy Napier, Rage Cajun at football coach, his dad, his late father, was a high school coach for many years in the state of Georgia, and he said the best, most talented player he ever saw was Alvin Kamara. The Rage Cajuns didn't play this weekend, but doesn't mean they didn't benefit. Back in the polls, number 23 in both top 25 polls, we're going to visit with the head coach of the number 23-ranked team in the country. Billy Napier joins me next. It's the Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show on Sports Radio ESPN 1420. And ESPN1420.com. Welcome back into the show, everybody. Joining me now here on the program is the head football coach of the number 23-ranked Louisiana Raging Cajuns, Billy Napier. Good morning, Billy. How are you? I'm great, Scott. I appreciate you having me on this morning. Always enjoy talking to you on Monday, Coach. Um, let's let's begin with the rescheduling that took place. Uh, take us through that process last week. How how involved are you when when you learn that okay, the App State game probably not going to go on as scheduled. We'd love to have a game this week, so we don't have two off weeks in a row. Um, what what's your role in in that? I know you don't have per se final say, but uh, but but you got to have some involvement, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's uh, pretty normal for the athletic director to Dr. Maggard ran a few scenarios by me and um, kind of gave him my opinion on what would be best for the team. And, you know, we kind of went with that. We certainly worked on a couple different scenarios. Some of them um, wouldn't work out. We're fortunate that this one did. I think it benefits us, and it certainly, I think, benefits Coastal as well. You know, speaking of Coastal, I was going to ask you about them a little later, but let's just jump right into it, Coach. I mean, they're they're not ranked, but they're getting votes. They're 3-0. and They hung 52 on Arkansas State. Uh, they've got to win over a Big 12 team. So, uh, you know, you got a team coming in here that obviously is uh, is full of confidence and uh, scoring a lot of points each game. What, what are you seeing on film about this team? And of all the things that stand out to you, what's, I guess, most impressive? Well, I think they've taken a step forward. I think you can see Coach Chadwell has done a really good job in uh, kind of putting his stamp on things. I think um, certainly probably given more ownership as he's become the head coach. You know, I think second year with a lot of the members of the staff, certainly the defensive coordinator uh, recruiting, I think you can see uh, where they continue to make improvement. I've been impressed with defensively they've got a handful of players back from injuries and transfers um, the quarterback the young quarterback redshirt freshman is playing well they've got a 3,000 yard career rusher uh, that's a handful uh, and I think they they play hard they've, they've got a good overall plan uh, in terms of how they're put together offense defense and special teams Reggie Cajun at football coach Billy Napier our guest ESPN fourteen twenty. When you have, um, you know, a Saturday where you're not playing and it's, and you're also not in like a an, an odd game week mode where you're playing on like a Wednesday, so you have to adjust the schedule. It's just a Saturday where you don't have a game and your next game is the following Saturday. How much do you watch other games? Uh, quite a bit. You know, you'd be surprised. Uh, you know, anytime there's football on, um, you know, I think at my house, it's on the TV, you know, for the most part. But, um, you know, this weekend was great. Had an opportunity to watch a lot of different teams play. Um, you know, certainly get a pulse for 
where where everybody's at, you know, what's the different leagues, what's the different teams, the different coaches. Um, you know, I, I know uh, for us as a team, you know, we probably needed a little bit of a physical and mental break. You know, we were off Saturday. Um, you know, we worked really hard Thursday and Friday and then uh, certainly back at it yesterday. So you know, we'll change up our schedule a little bit this week to try to take advantage of the extra time. But in general, I think the open day came in a good time and will benefit us. Did you did you watch any of the Iowa State-Oklahoma game? I, I did. It was kind of the last game on. Um, you know, watch those last couple possessions in particular. Um, you know, certainly Matt Campbell's a, a great coach. You can tell that they've got a really unique culture there. And the kids play hard. I was really impressed with how they competed in the game uh, and really made good second-half adjustments and were able to find a way to win. So I was happy for him and uh, certainly uh, got a lot of respect for his, his team's well, the way the uh, the way the weekend played out, Coach, you guys are back in the top twenty-five polls, and I know I've asked you about them every week. It seems, but uh, the fan base very in tune with it. You know, uh, following it every week. You guys have business to take care of. I get it, but being ranked uh, back in the polls this week, is there a underlying message you tell your team, or is it just kind of like it's nice, but let's let's get to work? Yeah, I think a little bit of both. You know, I think. Um... It's a new set of problems, right? I mean, everybody is complimenting your team. Everybody is um, certainly um, taking recognition um, of what you've been able to accomplish so far. Uh, But reality is all of those things are very uh, insignificant, you know, relative to the big picture. You know, I think not necessarily where you started, where you're at currently. It's about where you are at the end of the year. and, you know, for us, our complete focus is on Coastal Carolina. They've got a really good football team. Uh, I think that people are taking notice of them as well. So big picture here for us, we've got a lot of work to do uh, to try to play our best football. We, we've come nowhere close to playing um, to our standard and our expectation. Um, you know, I think we've got a lot of veteran players that need to play better. Uh, I think we've got young players that need to continue to develop. Uh, we need to coach better, uh, and we need to keep getting better at our in-season routine. So, you know, our entire focus is on Coastal Carolina. It's our next conference opponent. Uh, certainly a big one, too, going into an open date after this. So um, we've got work to do, and uh, we look forward to the challenge that comes with playing this team on uh, Saturday. Rage Cajun and football coach Billy Napier, our guest. I'm Scott Prather, 1920.com. Uh, you mentioned you guys going hard, getting Saturday off, uh, rejuvenated. And you, you mentioned on a Zoom call last week, Billy, that you guys were anticipating having uh, maybe the, the most players you've had available to you for a game this season uh, heading into the App State game before it was rescheduled. Uh, is that still the case? How are you guys doing in the health department? We're getting better. Um, we're getting better. You know, I think uh, today will tell us a lot. You know, we'll have a chance to see some of these guys and where they're at relative to the time they've missed. Um, but I do think in general, you know, we're going to get a handful of players back. Now, how effective how effective those players will be uh, certainly will be part of the questions that we've got to answer this week. But, you know, we've got 
several rounds of testing, you know, and all that. So we got to continue to fight the good fight here and have discipline, be loyal to each other, be committed to the team, make really good decisions away from the complex, um, you know, and really dedicate ourselves to, you know, trying to do this routine better than we've ever done it before. You know, I think that's the big emphasis this week is, you know, everything that we can get from an ownership perspective, you know, players and and staff. If you've got a job, uh, we need to do it better than we've ever done it this week. Just a few players, specifically, Coach, uh, Peter LeBlanc, Chris Smith, Chris Moncrief. Did any of them return last week, or are you anticipating them on the practice field this week? Uh, we'll give you guys an update on Wednesday p.m. on, on what players are available for the game. Uh, you know, a lot of that stuff is to be determined based off of practice over the next couple of days. Cajun Field Coach, uh, you're back there this Saturday. Just being able to uh, to be at home for another one, just coming off of, I guess, a thriller, um, you know, week uh, nine days ago, just being able to be back at home. Uh, what, did, what did you like about the home crowd nine days ago, and what are you anticipating this week? Well, I, I was pleased with um... – you know, as many as we could get in there, we got in there. And certainly, I know that, you know, the more the better. Um, I think it's it's awesome for our guys to have an opportunity to play at our place in front of our people. I think they understand um, there should be a certain level of pride uh, in how they conduct themselves, you know, relative to representing this community and this university. That's something that's a privilege. Um, and something that we certainly, um, you know, really work hard at. Um, we've got another opportunity to do that this week, but we're appreciative of everybody uh, that came out and certainly hope we could have more uh, this Saturday as we try to, you know, put a run together here uh, you know, this year to try to do something pretty special. Yeah, I'll give certainly credit to, you know, the university and the department um, for that home game. They were able to, on short notice, adjust on the fly, uh, all of the the layout of Cajun Field in terms of properly practicing the social distance guidelines, trying to keep everyone safe. They did a really nice job with it. And, uh, you know, if, if folks are uh, skittish or skeptical, I'm not trying to force anyone to go, but if, if you're able to because you're a season ticket holder, uh, I can tell you that the way it was, uh, it was practiced and laid out was very successful uh, nine days ago. And, you know, it's... Nice thing to do with the family. Speaking of family, Coach, you said you had football on at the house Saturday. I certainly uh, – that's not a surprise. But with some nice weather and a Saturday at home, you had to do something with the kids, right? I mean, I'm sure they were glad to have Dad home for a Saturday in the fall because that doesn't happen too often. Well, the first thing we did was we uh, we had a couple soccer games on Saturday. So, Andy Joe had two games. Sammy had one um, – you know, we're doubling up right now. We got flag football and soccer going on. So, um, you know, we had a couple games Saturday, certainly first couple games of soccer season. Um, you know, we, we picked up a little Blanchard's barbecue on the way to the house um, and set up shop there and, you know, had a good evening. So um, it was good. It was a good day. Certainly, you know, we're thankful uh, that we – we get those days every once in a while during the season, for sure. Do you ever like just accident? You know, I mean, like when you're when you're the dad and not the coach, do you still kind of go into coach mode, or or just do you kind of just sit back and just watch? No, I'm 
I'm definitely not going to do that to somebody. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I think um, I just try to be supportive, you know, and uh, want them to give good effort, have a good attitude, you know, and all that, have a good time, have a good experience, and certainly get to know their teammates, um, you know, and learn something, you know, from the game. So, but uh, in general, I just want them to be involved and have an opportunity. Um, we certainly appreciate all the people. I mean, they, you know, I think those are uh, jobs that are to be admired. You know, people are taking time out of their schedule to volunteer and help coach a team. I think um, they make a difference, you know, and they help a lot of young people. No question about it. Coach Billy Napier, our guest. Uh, last question, Coach. Is there a little relief for you that uh, you guys play on the road on Halloween this year? So, you know, whether it be a pirate or some other costume, you might be able to just get out of it this year because <laughs> you got work. Yeah, I've been hearing some conversations around the house here uh, about what we're dressing up as uh, this year. So, but I'm sure there'll be a plan, but, um, you know, my crew, they'll have plans. I, I can just imagine what they're going to have me dressed up like this year. So I can't wait to but, find um, out, Coach. I can't wait to find yeah, out. no doubt. I imagine <laughs> you, you are. Uh, Billy Napier has been our guest, Rage Cajun Head Football Coach, the number 23-ranked Cajun is going to be hosting uh, Coastal Carolina, battled 3-0 teams this Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff. Coach, we'll be hearing you on some uh, Zoom media conference calls later, but uh, always appreciate you taking the time for – these one-on-one interviews every week, and we'll talk to you again next Monday morning. All right, Scott. Thank you, man. Have Thank a you. Great day. I'll see you around. You got it. Good stuff from uh, head coach Billy Napier, ESPN 1420. Notice he didn't really want to get too much into uh, the injury report, and he doesn't always do that. You know, last week he told us about Chris Smith that he didn't expect that to be anything uh, long-term uh, and anticipate having him back soon. This week he says, look, we'll – We'll have the depth chart sent out on Wednesday, and uh, and we'll we'll get some ideas of it then. But uh, you know, he did tell us last week that he anticipated having uh, the most players, whether from just a health standpoint, whether that be injuries or whether that be COVID related, um, so far this season. Now a lot can change as we've learned in this crazy year of 2020 between now and a game day. Um, but for the time being, hopefully they'll have most of those hands on deck. All hands on deck. Pirate. Maybe Coach Dampier will dress as a pirate again this year. 269-1077. Phone lines are open for you. If anyone wants to jump in this morning between the Saints, NFL Week 4, college football, and more. Hey, what NFL game yesterday, us from the Saints game, well, was, uh, was most most satisfying for you? We got that question up on Twitter at ESPN1420. We got that up all over at, uh, at at the ESPN1420 Facebook page as well. And it is unanimous right now. It is a landslide. Everyone has said the Browns beating the Cowboys. Cowboys losing to the Browns. Browns win. How about them Cowboys? In some way, shape, or form, all of our listeners who have participated in this question online are all saying the same thing. I mean, Mike McCarthy, just remember that's who they hired as head coach. And you could say, Oh, well, yeah, but Mike McCarthy and you know, he's supposed to be offensive minded and 
The offense is good in Dallas. It's probably better than it was under Jason Garrett. So Mike McCarthy is actually doing a good job. Okay. That is certainly a a spin zone, and it's not entirely wrong in terms of the offensive side of things, but he's still the head coach. And he totally, totally threw Mike Nolan under the bus yesterday. Mike Nolan, the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, son of Dick Nolan, former Saints linebackers coach Mike Nolan. The Cowboys are off to a pretty horrendous start. If it wasn't for the Atlanta Falcons being the Atlanta Falcons, they'd be 0-4 right now. Everything you need to know about the NFC East, come on. It's evident. The Philadelphia Eagles won their first game this year in the month of October and instantly moved into first place. And I'll be honest, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are who hired Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan was with the Saints the last couple of years. He's not there anymore. Mike McCarthy had a lot to do with that. So he deserves heat for that and deserves heat for throwing him under the bus. You don't have to throw them under the bus, Mike. They did that to themselves. They are on pace to be among the worst in the modern history of the National Football League. The Cleveland Browns put up 49 points, 33 first downs, and 508 total yards of offense. The Cowboys are looking like the 2012 Saints defense right now. And all the Cowboys fans that always dog Drew Brees, oh, remember in 2012 or 79? Yeah, well, guess what? Look at what Dak's having to do. He's the first player in history to throw for 450-plus yards in three straight games, but does it matter? Not when you have to make up for a horrendous defense. And now you've got a riff within the coaching staff? McCarthy said after the game, and I quote, we refused, I refused to be a one-call defense. That's not the path. Okay. Aren't you the head coach? Is it that decoinator the one that you hired? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Look, Dolan hadn't been a decoordinator of the NFL since 2014. And you know... Who he was a D coordinator with last. He's a good linebackers coach. Did a pretty good job with the Saints. In terms of D coordinators, Mike McCarthy hired a defensive coordinator that the last time he was a DC was with the Atlanta Falcons. And do you know where the Falcons defense ranked when he was the head when he was the defensive coordinator? In 2012, they ranked 24th. Oh, well, they can just improve from there, right? Well, in 2013, they were 27th. Oof. His last year in Atlanta, they were last place in the NFL in total defense. 32nd. McCarthy's the one that hired Nolan. So enough with the excuses of, oh, well, yeah, you know, offense. I mean, look, it's better. It's better. Yeah. Okay. The Cowboys are 1-3, and and they're giving up 36.5 points a game. Oof. 
and the Brownies. I didn't think the Browns could do it because, you know, after all, they're the Browns. They were actually 3-1. and 3-1. and one. Oh, Mike McCarthy's going to get all these cool schemes and McCarthy just straight up lied. He told, he said, and he basically admitted that in the hiring process, he said he's very much in the analytics. And then afterwards, he's like, yeah, not really, no. Yeah. All the focus in the offseason for the Cowboys. Oh, how about them Cowboys? The offense, you're going to get it right. It's going to be good. We're going to get, what about the defense? What about the defense? Oof. They are bad to a historical degree. They've given up 146 points. Giving up 36.5 per game projects as the single worst scoring defense in team history. Man, they played the Browns and the Falcons. Right? Yeah, the Seahawks are good. The Rams are okay. I mean, they, they put up 17 on the Giants. How bad is the NFC East? My God. My God. Oof. Oof. Sheesh. Week four in the NFL, man. Week four in the NFL. Big trouble in Big D. You know, the big story out of week four, though, is, is, is the Rona. From keeping the Saints up late at night... To Cam Newton's positive COVID test. To the Steelers-Titans game getting kicked down the road three weeks because of an outbreak in Tennessee. Hey, the Chiefs and Pats will get to play tonight. You get two games on Monday Night Football. Six o'clock on CBS. But you don't get Cam Newton against Patrick Mahomes. You get Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs against Brian Hoyer. Mm. Brian Hoyer. Yeah. Buffalo is off to a uh, 4-0 start. Josh Allen, man. Whew. Ravens and Saints getting back on track. How about LSU alums over the weekend? Joe Burrow gets his first NFL win. Joe Brady, the job he's doing in Carolina. He upset Arizona. That's two wins in a row for them. Oh, Lander, you're playing pitch and catch. They're throwing touchdowns to one another. In Big D. ESPN1420.com. For LSU, they get back on track. Absolutely horrendous in week one against Mississippi State, who, oh, by the way, lost to Arkansas on Saturday. Arkansas. But LSU look confident. They look comfortable. They put up 41 on Vandy. And uh, they simplified things. They ran the football well. They had great balance. They didn't use a bunch of exotic blitz packages. Derek Stingley was back. And now they get to play Missouri next week before the schedule gets a lot more difficult. But if you were an LSU fan, you, you can, one, on one hand, you say, well, you don't put a ton of stock into Vanny. On the other hand, you needed to see some semblance of very confident football. As Coach O said, that was LSU football. You needed to see it. And you saw it. All of that, plus Jimmy Buckets and the Heat get a game in the NBA Finals. Let's open up the phone lines at 269-1077, Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. How you doing there, Mr. Prather? Good morning. How are you? 
Good, man. Long time. I ain't talked to you, man. You been all right? I'm good, Melvin. How are you? Uh-huh. I woke up this morning, so I guess I'm all right. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm getting the trifecta right there with Mr. Raymond Kale. Huh? Boy, he, he he's doing good for us out there in L.A., buddy. Hey, man, once, you know, they, once they activated him, I mean, in a game where you win by one possession, that kick return was huge. I mean, he, he made his mark on that game yesterday. Oh, tell me about it. I mean, he, he, he sparked his big time. You know, he flipped the field for us right there. We didn't score on that drive, but we punted, pinned them back, they, then they punted back to us, and that's where we scored that touchdown. He flipped it by himself, and what, we, we're talking about a CC alumni, a Cajun alumni, and a, a Red. That's all three. <laughs> this is the same three for me because It's like, I mean, I, this guy, every time he does good, I feel so proud three ways. He 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 was terrific, man. Those uh, those, you know, two kick returns, fifty five yards, but the forty one yard return was big, especially in a game again where it's it's a one position game. It's a defensive battle. So you flip the field in a game like that, it means something as opposed to Dallas and and Cleveland where they're scoring what feels like three hundred points. Yes. Hey, look, going to going to the Cajuns. You know, if, if you look at their their uh, schedule, the teams they played, none of them. Played has a loss to anybody else yet. Now, it's still early, and in the conference play, it's good, it, 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 of course, it's going to end. But uh, Georgia State, I mean, they, they smashed. Who did they, who they smash this weekend? East Carolina smashed them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, and then, and then well, we know what Iowa State did uh, this past weekend. Iowa State's going to win the Big 12. <laughs> and then, you know, what? You know, you even got to look at Iowa State. If that game would have been canceled against the Cajuns, they didn't play the Cajuns at all. You know, they would be talk about them being in the Final Four right now because they would be in position to win the Big 12, which they are now, but they would be undefeated. You know that, huh? Because when they started out high, highly ranked like they were, they would be no Oklahoma. They would be probably, probably about the top six or seven right now. The big, the big one on the big one on the schedule is going to be um, on the 24th. When they when they play at Oklahoma State, okay, if they get a win in Stillwater, and look, they play Texas Tech this week, but if they get a win in Stillwater in a couple of weeks, uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win the Big Twelve. But you got to get that win. Um, you know, they got Texas late, whatever. Baylor, Kansas State, West Virginia, all at home. Kansas is a gimme. It's that game at Oklahoma State, but I know Cajun fans are gonna be following Iowa State all season. And look, before I let you go, look, from Coastal Carolina, it's not going to be no pushover. They're just rolling over everybody. They put up 60 points this weekend, 59, I think. I mean, 50, I mean they, put, they, put up, they put up 52, but they are, uh, you know, they're averaging, what, 36 and a half a game or something like that? Uh, or I, I'm getting them mixed up with maybe what the Cowboys are allowing, but they're averaging, you know, a, a ton of points right now. Um, you know, Grayson McCall, a redshirt freshman quarterback, is just – He's kind of the story to me. You know, this guy's a freshman, and you knew what you had in C.J. Maribel, the uh, the running back, because he's a veteran. But McCall's out there. I mean, he's running the ball. He's throwing the ball. He's slinging it. He's, he's completing like 67% of his passes. He's elusive. He's been the big story for Coastal so far, and he's somebody the Cajuns are going to have to keep in check on Saturday. Oh yeah, you know they're gonna be coming down here with a trip, uh, with a trip on their shoulder because we took it to them last time we played them over there. So we're gonna have to buckle up, and it's, yeah, I think it's gonna be. A, in fact, I think it's gonna be a, a very good game, a, a team we might meet again in the, the, the championship. Because I think, I think right now Georgia State and Coastal Carolina is probably the be- better in the East and that.
App is not that not as good this year. Well, anyway, well it's early. You're right to this point. It's early, and App also, you know, they they were missing a lot of players. Granted, it was Campbell, and they won, but it's just it's so hard, Melvin, to to make. I, you have to look at every single game inside of who is available and how many players that they have out in contact tracing. So it's it makes it harder. I mean, certainly it makes the job harder for me this year. I don't just get to go look at box scores and stat sheets because. More, this year, more than any ever than any other, there's a story within the story, especially in college football. I agree, but still, I'm just saying the East is a lot tougher than it's been in a while in the Sun Belt, and uh, I'm just saying we might see a rematch with either one of those teams, or it might be App. Whatever is going to be, Scott. Look, buddy, it was good talking to you, and you take care of yourself and your family, buddy. Great to hear from you, Melvin. Appreciate it. Quarter to eight, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Alvin Kamara. More post-game audio from him. Drew Brees. Get a smile on his face. Michael Burton. The false positive. Being up all night. Freaking out that he got his team infected when he didn't actually even have corona. Yeah, it's that kind of year. You're going to hear audio from all those Saints. We're going to have open phone lines. And we got to talk about Jimmy Buckets. The heat. No Bam Adebayo. No... Gordon Dragic, I don't want to say no problem, but man, is Jimmy one competitive dude. Oh, my, oh you told LeBron you're in trouble. Well, wait till LeBron gets back. Well, as he noted after the game, LeBron told me that at the end of the first quarter. I was just saying the same thing that he said to me. That's all. Love Jimmy Butler. And no, I don't think the Heat are winning the series, but it ain't going to be a sweep. And and here's the other thing, the Lakers win Wednesday and then or, or tomorrow and then they win Friday. If the Lakers win the NBA Finals on a Friday night in October, when you've got a weekend of college football, NFL, and everything else going on, I mean it's it. it how big of a headline is that going to be Monday when everyone gets back to work? The Lakers could win an NBA Finals, and yet when everyone gets back to work for the week, it could be. I mean, where where is it going to be in the in in the in the headlines in sports? I'm all for adjusting the NBA calendar. I think having a Finals in July would be awesome. I would love it in a normal quote in a quote normal year. But man, having to play into October is is tough. Great Scott Show continues right after this. It's ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Have you downloaded the ESPN 1420 app yet? No. <laughs> Why not? Just tap that app and hear ESPN 1420 programming worldwide. Download the ESPN 1420 app in the iTunes App Store or Google Play. He peaked athletically. In the seventh grade, he got hit a lot in dodgeball. It's the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Welcome back into the great Scott Show, ESPN1420.com. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips, your forecast today, 
sunny, a high of 80. Tonight, clear with a low of 58. How about this weather, y'all? Man. Man. Um, no accidents to report at this time. A couple of traffic controls set up for us schools, but as we get closer to the 8 o'clock hour, that'll die down soon. Was a vehicle accident, I guess, about an hour ago on a quarter of Northwest Evangeline Thruway and Tissington Street, but uh, nothing coming in in the last uh, 10, 15 minutes. Stay safe on the road, everybody. Welcome back in. I'm Scott Prather. It's ESPN 1420. Next hour, we'll dig more into week four of the NFL. Cajuns back in the polls. The NBA Finals, LSU looking more comfortable, but here is some more from... Oh, how good is Alvin Kamara? I mean, there are words I would like to say that I can't say on the radio, but, man, I just say them to myself when I watch this guy. I just marvel. Oh, you can't pay him. You can't do that. And I, I said, look, everyone's just got last year fresh in their mind. He has not been nearly as injury. You know, Dalvin Cook has missed more t- way more time with injury than now with Kamara. Kamara played through injury. And everyone's looking at a body of work late last year in t- instead of the larger body of work. Steve Pelican at nauseum, we'll use the phrases large sample size or small sample size. The larger sample size is showing Kamara healthy. And when healthy, his balance, just unbelievable. In the pass game, in the run game, Latavius Murray was getting lathered up. The Saints got physical. It was nice. Here's more from AK after the win yesterday for the Saints. Next one's from Luke Johnson. Alvin, how big were uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Trey Quan today, especially with Trey Quan and his uh, situational catches? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not even going to talk about the catches they had. I mean, they were out there blocking their ass off. And, I mean, that's something that they take pride in, I think. Even Emmanuel, like, <laughs> so I'm kind of messing with him about can he block, can he block him? I mean, he he showed it. He was out there taking pride in that. And then, I mean, just going on to what, what they do, you know, what their, what their job description is, catching the balls, big catches um, and when we need them. I mean, they were doing, they were doing what they had to do. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of, I mean, it's what I expect. Like, I'm never, I'm just out there hyped. You know, I'm happy to see it, but it's what I expect. So it's not a surprise. Last questions from Nick Underhill. You just said it felt like poetry. Uh, like, is this the first time or the most you've had that feeling this year, just as far as the offense being in sync and everything? Yeah, I think I think this is the most thing we've been in, but we still got to get better. It's not perfect. It's not where we want to be. Um, it's a stepping stone. We were able to get a win, so that feels good. But you know, it's still so much more that we need to get better at. So much more that we need to clean up. So it's not. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm happy we got a win, but I'm not like I'm not I, I'm not satisfied at all. Like I, at all. I think we, there's so much more that we can do. So that's what we're gonna do. Go watch the film, get it cleaned up, and do what we got to do, and, and, and work and get ready for Monday. There you go, Alvin Kamara. A lot more coming your way. Drew Brees, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Burton. How that all went down, you're going to hear what they had to say after yesterday's win for the Saints. Stay tuned. A lot more coming your way. It's the great Scott Show, the great sports callers. Open Think. We'll continue to get feedback from you guys, whether it be from Facebook and Twitter on the most satisfying win in the NFL yesterday that wasn't the Saints win. Snap counts and more. I'm Scott Prather. Don't go anywhere.
Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody. What is up? Good morning. Welcome in. How you feeling on this Monday? How you feeling? We got we got a wide open hour. You want to jump in at any point? The floor is open. Two six nine ten seventy seven. It's not the case every day. Got some big guests lined up this week. We'll be visiting with, you know, some of the usual voices you hear. Maybe a Ralph Malbro, a Luke Johnson. Maybe a, a Chris Lano or a Gerald Broussard, potentially. Brody Miller of The Athletic, who covers LSU, but also some others as well. Adam Carolla. Comedian Adam Carolla. Podcaster Adam Carolla. He's going to be on the show tomorrow. Big sports fan as well. Got a lot lined up for you this week, everybody. But uh, this hour, 269-1077. Talking Saints NFL Week 4, college football. The Cajuns back in the polls. Getting ready to play Coastal Carolina this Saturday. We caught up with Coach Napier last hour. And uh, the chant to clear is coming in at 3-0. and Louisiana back in the polls at number 23. You got to keep winning. At this point, the fact that you were in the polls and out of it when they started ranking teams that hadn't played games yet and now they're back in it, at this point, if you keep winning, you're going to stay in the polls. You're going to stay in the polls. And even though you're 3-0 and and you've beaten an Iowa State team that is pretty good, pretty good, in the Sun Belt, if you lose a game, they will take you out of the polls. The AP will, the coaches will. That's just, that's it. That's it. Iowa State back in the polls, the number one spot behind UL after their win against Oklahoma. How many of you are watching that one? LSU, Clobber, and Vandy. Can't put a ton of stock into it. It's Vanderbilt. I can tell you this. You could put a whole lot more stock into it if LSU did not look good. That would be a bigger worry. So you're right. Does that mean LSU is going to be able to beat Florida, Bam? Of course not. But, boy, you needed something coming off of a loss to Mississippi State where they put up 623 passing yards and then lost to Arkansas on Saturday night. Arkansas snapped, what was it, a 20-game SEC losing streak? It had been a while, four or five years. They got a conference win. But Saturday night, I'm watching these college football games. And at some point, I just, you know, put my phone down, plugged it in, and that was that. Didn't keep didn't keep watching the games, just went to bed, woke up once or twice because one of the kids was crying, and then got back to sleep. And just and, and, and by the time I checked my phone Sunday morning after I had already begun the day and was making breakfast for the family and all that, a message came on my phone that was like, Saints game back on. I'm like, back on? Was it off? 
Was it off? Then I just run through the timeline, run through the stories, have a story up on our website all in a matter of, I don't know, 20 minutes and just took it all in and learned all about the false positive test from one Michael Burton. False positive, but they didn't know it was false. And so the entire running back room was getting tested throughout the night. They weren't sure if they were going to be able to play the game or they're going to have to leave Detroit and reschedule it. And then turns out it was false. And so they end up playing the game shorthanded, but still got the W. You will hear from Michael Burton post-game audio from him a little bit later this hour. Stay tuned from that. And if you're wondering who Michael Burton is, that'd be the Saints fullback who got covered more than any fullback in the Peyton Breeze era since Mike Carney scored three touchdowns when the Saints beat the Cowboys 42-17 to back in 2006. 42, not 49. That's how much Cleveland put on Dallas yesterday. Boy, Mike Nolan is a bad D coordinator. All right, 269-1077. We got Kyle waiting in the wings on line one. Let's hear what he has to say this morning. Good morning, dude. What's up? Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, it was nice to see, uh, you know, the the team put forth a good effort yesterday. There's nothing to cure you like the Detroit Lions. If you if you're stumbling and bumbling, did you did you did you see what Matt Patricia said. said too? I mean, this dude. No, I, he. What did he say? <laughs> he he was asked about. Essentially, the Cliff's Notes version, he was asked about not being good, right? You know, but in a nice way. Hey, look, this is your record, all these struggles. And he's like, well, yeah, we're still in the process of trying to turn this thing around. You know, when I took over here, we had a lot of work to do. What? Jim Caldwell never had a losing season for the Lions. And now, I mean, Matt Patricia can't win a game. It's like, what? That's just, that is just absolute trash. And it's false. And, I don't know. I mean, you would think that, that Patricia or Bill O'Brien or others may not have a job this week, but, you know, losing franchises tend to do losing things, so I expect he'll be there all year. Well, Patricia, I mean, well, the, the, the one thing about the lines, if you don't get the calls against them, you're not getting the calls against them. Because I'd hate to be a Lions fan. That, that, that's, uh, you pain. Know. that's pain that I would, I, I would rather not experience either. Well, anyway, uh, I, I, I had, had a hard time. I had to paint while the game was on. So I kind of had to li- – I was listening to the game uh, on, the, on the TV through the, uh, the way my house is. You know, I got the uh, television set up where uh, – or the stereo on speakers throughout. And I had to listen to the game. Uh, while I was painting some doors and go back and watch it last night. And, man, with that Albert guy, he's got to be Ken the Marv Albert. Yeah, that's his his son. That's his son. Yeah, it sounds like every every play is a touchdown. I mean, the the janitor comes out of the closet, and and it sounds like a – Tell the field with (laughs) a mop. (laughs) The way – the way he says what he says, man, it's like, okay, wow, you, uh, you know, oh, it was a run for two yards. But uh, it, it, it was good to hear Vilma. Uh, it was good to have one of our own do, do a game, you know, the guy that actually you, you know has been there with the Saints. He, he got a lot of good information. He's, you, know, uh, you know when I knew you know Vilma was going to be really good in the booth? 
was last week when he watched the Falcons blow that lead and he never laughed once on the broadcast because you know he wanted to when he was in the booth and he kept it together. I was like, all right, he's a professional. Because he wanted to oh, crack he was up. The one that was, he was the one that was doing oh, yeah. that game. Oh, yeah. He was, he was in the booth for that one he, last week. Well, he's really doing a good job. I mean, he's a you know, great color guy. And nah, I think that I think they make those two guys make a good team, man. I you know, I always like the way Marv Alvin, uh Marv Albert called basketball and his son sounds like him. I mean, uh I mean they they it and you know, just have a certain lilt to their voice when they call a game that makes it really exciting, even especially when you've got no fans. But uh, you know, the uh and, and Vilma, Vilma's, you know, to the point, he says you're about the right amount. He didn't go all out on a limb and say stupid things that you know, you know, or, you know, some no, guy. I, I'm say. with you. I think, look, it's not like uh, it's not too over the top. Uh, it's very yeah. um, just just professional, man. You know, I think I yeah. think I think they're a good team. It used really to be good. Kenny and used Kenny, to be with Daryl Johnston and he was OK. Yeah. But I, I like the Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma broadcast booth. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, I like Daryl Johnson now, but I mean it's nice to see somebody from the Saints finally right, right. make it as a color guy. That's right. You know, and he, I mean he's good. But anyway, to the game, I got. I'm gonna tell you something, Scott. Okay, 57 years old. I fancy myself to understand a pretty good bit about the game and the the nuts and the bolts of the game. You know, in other words, some people can talk about what kind of an engine a car has, a race car or whatever. And some people can, you know, know enough to be able to get in there. If they got the right tools and the right shop, they can tear a car engine down and, and put it back together. Right. And so I feel like I'm, you know, understand the nuts and the bolts of the game of football. I'm going to tell you something. I'm 57 years old, Scott. I've never seen an offensive lineman for the New Orleans Saints in my life grayed out as high as Cesar Ruiz did yesterday. Okay? I'm going to tell you something. That guy, this is my opinion. In my opinion, Cesar Ruiz is the best offensive lineman the Saints have ever drafted. Okay? This guy... Did it all. Now he was awesome, and, but you don't think you're you don't think you're being yeah. a little hyperbolic. It was his first career start. Nope. nope. You're gonna nope. go ahead and just nope. bank nope. it. He's nope. the nope. best. Oh, so he's because, better because than Willie Rofe. What? He, better than yeah. After oh, one yeah. game, Willie Kyle. Rofe. After one game, he's better yeah. than Willie Rofe. Yeah. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying, Scott. Okay. <laughs> they, and, and this is the thing about an offensive lineman. Okay. This is this isn't like a guy that goes out and catches a couple of touchdowns and has good speed and then he never shows up again, okay? This is a guy that over the course of how many plays did they have the football yesterday? Seventy five? Eighty? I mean they, they they controlled the game, the whole game, the time of possession, and how did they do that? Because they beat the crap out of the Detroit Lions at the line of scrimmage. And one person made all the difference in the way that whole offensive line, and not only the offensive line, the whole group, tight ends, wide receivers, everybody, the way everybody blocked and attacked the game. 
there was one person that was in that game that hasn't been in that game that totally helped open up everything for that offensive line. And it wasn't just him blocking one guy. It was everything he did. He did things that Andres Pete has never done. I've been watching Andres Pete for five years. I've never seen Andres Pete even try to do most of the things that this kid did yesterday afternoon. Okay? He, his, his ta- first of all, his explosiveness off of the line is tremendous. Okay? He understands the game. He has at least, and I'm going to say a football IQ of 150. He gets it as a rookie. He's never going to play offensive line any worse than he did yesterday. Understand that, okay? It's not like you're going out there and you're, you're a receiver nobody's heard of and you can sneak off behind the defense because nobody's paying any attention to you and you get wide open and catch a bunch of passes because you're not being caught, covered. This is a guy who has, a, who has a set assignment every play and every play carried out his assignment and it, flawlessly. He was flawless. Okay, in his first game. All right, Kyle. And he he was asked to do things that other linemen have never been right. asked to do because they simply can't do it. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Out. I'm excited. I'm excited about Caesar Ruiz too. I'm not ready to crown him the greatest okay. offensive lineman well, ever drafted by the Saints. The game. No, like, that's like, because like, that's because I'm, I'm somewhat rational, Kyle. Okay, Willie Rove, Kyle. Willie Rofe, you're I'm going not, off of one I'm game. I'm not making fun of you. I'm not making fun of you, Scott. No, no, I'm I think you're. you're I, I'm I, trying I, to explain <laughs> to you the nuts and the bolts of the game of football. Now, you've you've been hyperbolic on the radio I'm, before. I mean, that's, will, you, will you will you will you give me a chance? I mean, okay. you, 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 you all right. You've been I, on for a while. Go ahead and wrap it up. Okay. I'm excited I'm too. Trying to, I'm trying to explain to you how. Much the, the the way the reason that this offensive line was able to work like they did was because you had somebody in there who is so good he made everybody around him better. He was the one that injected the attitude into that offense. Him that you want to talk about a leader as a rookie that was the greatest single-game performance by any Saints offensive lineman I have ever seen. All right? You take that for what it's worth, Scott. You can say I'm full of crap. You can say I don't know what I'm talking about. You can say I'm going over the top. I'll Whatever say that last say, part. I'll say that last part. It was exciting. Yeah, say, he was okay, awesome. Say I'm going, say I'm you're over, going, the you're top, going, you're going over the top, Kyle. I have no problem saying okay, that. But that. But you see, one day – in, in three years, you see, or, or a year or two, you'll be Polly Paradin, what all the other guys who break down the film and understand what technique means and understand what, how great his footwork is and how vicious he is. Run blocking and pass blocking, he was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And you're going to start to hear this. You're going to see it. 
You're going to see it. They're going to talk about it because guys like Baldinger, who understand the nuts and the bolts of the game, are going to break down his plays on Twitter. But what you got to understand is he's doing this every single play, play after play. This guy did not miss an assignment, and he was mean and vicious Thank you, Kyle. at the same time. All right. How are we going? <laughs> You can say I'm over the top. I will. He was great. The offensive line was great. Just not ready to say he's the greatest offensive lineman in the history of the New Orleans Saints. That's all. <laughs> That's all. Sorry. 17 after the hour of 8 o'clock. Oh, there's always some good reaction via emails and Twitter after a good... uh Good Kyle call. 17 after the hour of 8 o'clock. How crazy was it when you test positive for COVID and then you keep testing and then you keep testing and then it turns out it's a false positive and you're not sure if your team's going to be able to play a game and then you... Michael Burton will explain it all. The Saints fullback next on ESPN1420N.com. The Great Scott Show. This ain't golf. This ain't tennis. It ain't about me. It's about us. On Sports Radio ESPN 1420. Steal a show. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Good morning, everybody. ESPN1420.com. Your weather forecast from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips. Today, sunny, high of 80. Tonight, clear and a low of 58. There is a vehicle accident to report uh, on the... um, Location of 1912 Northeast Evangeline Thruway. Accident being reported as of six minutes ago. Police are on the scene assisting. Be safe out there, everybody. Be safe. There's another storm in the Gulf or outside of the Gulf or somewhere in there. Tropical surge could come anywhere. The cone is huge. Let's just all hope that we're safe and and that it stays away or it dissipates or it doesn't get strong. Okay. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Emails. Daniel says, Scott, LOL. Why are you raining on Kyle's parade? Cesar Ruiz is the best ever. He's the goat. I'm not. Uh, oh, thank you for the email. I'm not even. I'm not raining on his parade. I mean, he's entitled to his opinion, and I'm not insinuating that the the kid doesn't didn't look really really good yesterday in his first start. Very physical. Um. As a whole, the offensive line was was tremendous. They were good against the Lions team that hadn't gotten much of a pass rush this year and hadn't done great defending the run. But, uh, but no, I, I, I really I like it. Not in any way insinuating he's not good or won't be or anything like that. Just not ready to crown him the greatest offensive lineman in the history of the Saints after one game. That's all. 
That's all. That's all. 25 after the hour of 8 o'clock. Michael Burton, Saints fullback. (sighs) We're going to hear from him in just a moment about what was going through his mind when he tested positive and wasn't sure if the game was going to happen and he thought he had infected his teammates and then it turned out he didn't and it was a false positive COVID-19 test. We're going to hear about all that. He had one carry yesterday, big first down run on a third down. We'll hear from Michael Burton in just a few minutes. Right now, though, let's head back to the phone lines at 269-1077. 269-1077, good morning. Welcome in to the show. How are you? Hey, good morning. Doing well. Um, I just got to respond to Kyle's comment. As good as Ruiz played, there was obviously, in my opinion, an unnoticeable difference on the offense when Ram went down with the concussion. I think there was. we can all admit that, right? I'd say he's the tone setter. Up front, not uh, really. Uh, well, I, I think in terms of the, the the protection of Drew Brees and the offense as a whole, um, there was there was a noticeable difference uh, when Ramchek went out there. Um, hopefully, he's okay, man. You know, if, from a health standpoint, I mean, Michael Thomas practiced last week but didn't play, and the Saints said it's not going to be about whether or not he's practicing like it would be for most injuries. It's going to be about. Um, the the threat of re-injury, how high is that risk? I don't know how high that risk is. I suppose the doctors have a better idea with the high ankle sprain, but you've got a Monday night game. A week from tonight, you're, you're, you're hosting the L.A. Chargers, and then you've got a bye week. Get through that game, and if you get a W and you're able to rest up, whether it be Jenkins, whether it be Lattimore, whether it be Michael Thomas, Marcus Davenport, Mr. Glass, get rested up, and then you can get healthy for a run after week five, assuming they have a game Monday night. Again, this crazy year. Why? Because of COVID. And it looked like the Saints game might be postponed or not played. Because Michael Burton, the fullback, tested positive until he didn't. Here's Michael Burton after yesterday's win. Uh, Hey, uh... (laughs) So how was your night? <laughs> I know it was a little crazy for you. So you can just kind of describe what happened? Yeah, um, it was long. It really was. Um, you know, not something I was expecting, but, uh, you know, these are the times. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad everything worked out. You know, we won the game. That's the most important thing. No one else, you know, uh, that I came in close contact with had it. And thankfully, obviously, I didn't have it. Um, you know, but uh, just glad we got the win. And uh, but it was a long night for sure. Next one's from Amy Just. Yeah. How long did that wait feel just waiting and waiting for y'all to get the test in the first place and then for you to finally get the results back at whatever time that was? Yeah, it was late into the morning, um, you know, maybe 3, 4, 4 a.m., something like that. You know, um, you, you, just a lot of emotions going on, you know, because you never want to be a distraction. You know, I'm a guy, I pride myself in you know, putting the team first and, you know, not being that guy that, that causes, you know, distractions, you know, they had to wake up other guys and test them. I'm sure Coach Payton was up trying to figure some stuff out, the doctors, you know, so it's just that uneasy feeling. You're just kind of waiting, laying in bed, waiting for your phone call to find out, you know, what the diagnosis is and stuff like that. So, um, but again, glad it was positive uh, or negative and uh, everything worked out well, but uh, definitely. A- Next one's from Fletcher Mackle. Um, yeah, just to follow up with that. One, first, did you sleep at all last night? And then two, um, were you asymptomatic? And I guess 
I, talking about not wanting to let your teammates down and things like that, how surprised were you if you are asymptomatic and just thought this possibly can't be? Did you think initially maybe it is a false positive? Yeah. Um, didn't sleep much at all. You know, again, just thinking about my teammates, you know, and the, the, the negative effect I could have had on them. Uh, you know, it was, it was really difficult. It was tough. And I made it, you know, in my mind, you know, that everything was going to work out. You know, I told the doctor when he, when I got the call, I was like, there's no way, you know, and not that that means anything and, and not that it can't happen again. Right. But I just said, you know, there's no way, you know, I, I try to take all the proper precautions that are set in place by our team and the NFLPA, you know, something I take very seriously, you know, to not be that guy to, to be a distraction. And, um, you know, again, luckily it all worked out well. And I just try to go out today and, you know, play the best game I could to help my team win. Last night was tough for the guys, coaches, and doctors, and you know, I didn't want to be, you know, the centerpiece of that. And uh, you know, I'm glad again that everything worked out. Everyone's healthy, and that's really the most important thing. Next one's from Mike Triplett. Michael, you said there were a lot of emotions. I'm curious, when did, how much did anger enter into the situation at some point uh, in the middle of the night, and when termination? Uh, or maybe even laughing at it to kick in and be like, what else could be stacked against us? <laughs> right. um, you know, anger. Yeah. You get that initial call and you're just kind of like, how's that possible? You know, again, and any, anything is possible. And we live in a very unpredictable world right now with everything going on with, with COVID. But, uh, you know, just like, a, uh, like that feeling that, you know, you kind of, you let your team down. And I think that's one of the worst feelings you can feel. It's worse than anger. And uh, you know, I kind of had that feeling until I found out that I was negative, you know, because obviously that's really important, but it, it meant to me that the other guys weren't going to be positive. And, and that was the most important thing to me that I didn't affect or get anybody else on my team sick. You know, that, that, that to, to this day is the most important thing for me. And um, it kind of, when I found out that, then I got determined. And I said, you know, regardless of the distractions, you know, how late, lack of sleep, this, that, and the other, I'm going to go out there and just, play the best game I can, you know, to help this team win, you know, and, uh, you know, cause we're already kind of banged up and, you know, like you said, kind of backs against the wall and it was nice to get a win for sure. Were, were there any actual conversations like that though, between guys, like, like saying, you know, it, it feels like nothing else could have gone against you guys this week. Yeah. You know, um, just a lot of noise, right. It was just another distraction and you want to eliminate distractions as best you can. You know, and uh, that's something that this team and this culture has done so well for such a long time, you know, and I'm not surprised that we went out there and, and won the game and also got down, you know, a little bit early and we were able to come fight and claw back and, and win the football game. And again, that's the most important thing, but it's it's a testament to the type of guys that are in this locker room, the culture that is here, that the coaches put together, that the personnel put together, the GM, it's just, it's an amazing place that can overcome really anything with the backs against the wall. And uh, just a really special group. There it is. Michael Burton, the Saints fullback, was uh, up quite a bit, as he said, in just worrying about potentially infecting his teammates and other things. But uh, in the end, they got it done. I mean, there, there were some... There was plenty of jokes online of, man, it'd be a shame if the game got canceled. I mean, the Saints are missing all these starters. It actually might be a good thing. Ha <laughs> ha. No. You don't want to make a trip, travel to Detroit, and then try to reschedule and shuffle a lot of games on your schedule. Lose your bye week on a week where you've already prepared all week and practiced, and some guys got re-injured in practice. <clears throat> Marcus Davenport. And then not play the game. 
No matter how shorthanded you are, at that point, you want to play the game. Fortunately for the Saints, they did. And fortunately for the Saints, they won. Drew Brees looks sharp. And I have I have consistently said that his struggles this year were more accuracy. Maybe, maybe the mental aspect of the game a little bit, confidence-wise, they weren't athletic. He hadn't been able to throw it deep down the field at all. And you're playing a Detroit team and Matt Patricia who likes to run a ton of man principles, and that is just what the doctor ordered for one true breeze. Period. And the running game had a lot to do with it. I mean, at one point he had completed, what, eight passes in a row, 130 yards, a touchdown. I mean, the offense was firing all cylinders. His first completion of the game was to Marquez Callaway. Emmanuel Sanders had a big day, 93 yards in the receiving department. Traquan Smith had his best game as a pro, and Traquan and Sanders were getting after it blocking-wise. Emmanuel, well, let's not say he was the best blocking receiver the first few games of the season. Really strong yesterday. Really strong. Michael Thomas said, yeah, he texted Traquan before the game. And Traquan got it done. Drew Brees felt pretty good after the win. For us, uh, how big this win was considering the adversity you all had with the injuries and the crazy uh, overnight situation with the COVID testing? Yeah, I mean, there was uh, there was a lot a lot going on. Um, you know, obviously coming off of two losses as well, where we didn't play our best football, we knew that um, you know we could play a lot better, we could execute a lot better. Coming up here, we lose some starters this week, you know, in practice, and then you know we kind of had the the whole COVID ordeal last night or a false positive that um, unfortunately kept a lot of people up late and um, all that stuff. But man, I think it just says a lot about this team. A lot of all the guys that, that stepped up and um, filled those those voids, um, filled those roles, and, and everybody just persevered and found a way to get a big win today. Next one's from Luke Johnson. Drew, just with uh, Michael Thomas and Jared Cook out, I was just uh, curious what your thoughts were on uh, Manuel and uh, and Traquan today, uh, especially Traquan, like he came up in some really big situations. Yeah, um, listen, both those guys played outstanding and, and really the, the entire cast. I mean, it takes it takes everybody, you know, and um, I think, you know, you know, we we knew we knew that I think the last two weeks, you know, we have not um, had the level of execution. We, we haven't had the kind of the tempo and the rhythm that we know that, that we can have. And um, I felt like we had a good plan coming into this game. You know, we got some different stuff from, from the Lions defense than, than we thought, but we were able to adjust. Um, man, guys, guys played, they, they played great. You know, we ran the ball extremely well. Um, O-line did a great job. Um, Latavius Murray ran his tail off um, and um, felt like we were just constantly able to dent the defense. And then and there some, some, some big plays in the passing game um, when we got the right matchups and um, you know, just all the way around. It was just great execution. A ton of guys did a great job. Next one's from Sean Fazend. Hey, Drew. I'm just curious, uh, what did you see on the, the last third down connection to Trey Kwan, kind of that, that, I guess that cross route on the third down on the final drive there? Yeah, I didn't see much. I was getting hit. I was on my back. But um, I felt like there was a place I could get the ball up and over the defender. You know, they dropped a, a safety down to kind of rob the middle of the field. And, um, you know, felt Trey Kwan, you know, get past his guy and get over the top of that guy. And, 
Um, obviously, that was a huge play. You know, sustained the drive, gave us another set of downs, and then we were able to close it out, you know, with the next first down. But, um, you know, that's a huge play in the game. If you don't make that play, then, you know, you're, you're punting the ball to them, and they've got a lot of time left. Next one's from Nick Underhill. Alvin referred to the game as, as poetry with the way you were playing and, and the way Sean was calling it. Did you feel like this was the closest to being where you guys want to be as an offense so far through the four games? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I felt like it was good tempo. I felt like it was um, very balanced. I felt like we ran the ball very well, threw the ball well. Um, you know, we were great on third down, 10 of 14. Um, you know, scored touchdowns in the red zone. So, you know, I think that, you know, I hate that we had two drives in the fourth quarter that, that um, you know, put our defense back on the field too quickly. You know, I, I felt like we had an opportunity to get some points there um, with our, our drive that extended into the, the fourth quarter. Um, you know, we ended up putting them down and pinning them down at the two-yard line. But we really should have gotten points there. Um, and then we had, I think, just a three and out, you know, that next drive, which, um, you know, and then besides the, the, the tipped interception, which is just bad luck, you know, on the first first play of the game um, or first drive. Um, other than that, I felt like, you know, it, listen, it's hard to put together five consecutive scoring drives. You know, we were able to do that today. Um, and it was just great execution all the way around. I mean, you name it. We had big plays in the passing game. We, we ran the ball well. We had a screen or two. Um, but all in all, I think everybody just did their job, played really well. Good stuff from Drew Brees there. Might hear a little bit more later. Emmanuel Sanders as well, ESPN1420.com. Plenty of football over the weekend. We've been digging into it. Baseball, I thought Major League Baseball was smart. They just said, we're not going to play on the weekend. We're going to wait. You got two today, Houston, Oakland, Yankees race. All right. We got about two minutes left before our next hard out for the break. Let's go to the phone lines right now. Welcome in. Hey. What's up? Okay, I just want to straighten something up about Willie Rose, okay? Willie Rose was a Hall of Famer when he, got to, when he got to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you something. If I was voting for the Hall of Fame, and this is just me again, I would never, ever, ever vote for anyone who ever had given up five sacks in one game. Unless the man that got the five sacks went to the Hall of Fame first. Because I will tell you right now, if you're giving up five sacks to anybody, you're not what people say you are. I'm going to leave that alone. And And yes, I can say that this man has better skills and has a potential to be a much greater player than Willie Rose. And I'm not going to. Because every time you do, I'm going to say five sacks to Chuck Smith, who had 58 sacks in his whole career. You gave up one-tenth of that man's career total in one game to that man. And that wasn't the only time he got sacks against you. So if Willie Rofe is a Hall of Famer, then Chuck Smith must have been an all-world uh, greatest defensive end in the whole. So, so your so your argument that's is is Willie Rose's worst game as a pro is why the Hall of Famer and all time great offensive lineman who made two NFL All Decade teams is not as good as Caesar Ruiz after Ruiz has started one game. Not going to talk me out of it because he gave up five sacks in one game to Chuck Smith. 
Kyle, that 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 is such a typical Kyle call right there. That's when you just grab onto this argument that just you, you think it sounds a lot a lot better than it does in theory. It was one game, Kyle. I mean, you're overreacting more to Cesar Ruiz, who looked great, who started one game, saying he's the best offensive lineman the Saints have ever drafted, and then a guy who played 189 career games, was the first-team All-Pro seven times, made two All-Decade teams, and you're saying you'll never talk me out of my argument because he had one game where he gave up five sacks. Got it. Got it. 80, uh, 842. It's the great Sky Show, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com. All right, we asked you guys online at ESPN 1420 on Twitter, the ESPN 1420 Facebook page. Of all the NFL games in week four, which one was the most enjoyable, aside from the Saints game? Got a lot of feedback. Seems to be a common theme there. We'll tell you about it next right here on ESPN1420.com. What's up, sports fans? It's your boy, J.J. Redick of the New Orleans Pelicans, and you're listening to The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN1420 app. Thank you, J.J., ESPN1420.com. Tomorrow on the show, Ralph Malbro of the Saints Happy Hour podcast, comedian Adam Carolla, who will be in Lafayette to uh, perform a show outside of the Cajun Dome later this month, where they will have social distance seating. They'll be recording a podcast and um, live podcast and doing a stand up and a number of other things. So we'll talk to Adam about that. Adam's a big sports fan. We'll get into that. A lot happening. A lot happening. ESPN1420.com. So, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? The Dallas Cowboys lost to the Cleveland Browns, and judging by our social media pages, to the delight of many of you, the Cowboys, offensively, looking good, looking real good. Dak Prescott throwing for over 450 yards three straight times. And, oh, my goodness, doesn't he look great? A lot of Cowboys fans used to dog Drew Brees when he'd throw for 500 yards, but the defense was god-awful. I remember it in the year of our Lord, 2012. It happened quite a bit. Now it's happening to the Cowboys. And, oh, yeah, but look at Dak. Pay the man. Okay, Dak's great. I'm not going to deny that. Mike McCarthy threw his defensive coordinator under the bus after the game. Threw him under the bus. Said it's not working. It's not working. These one-man principles, what we're doing on defense, it's not working. Well, Mike, you're the guy that hired your old friend, Mike Nolan, away from the Saints, I might add, who, you know, Mike Nolan, good linebackers coach. As far as a head coach and a D coordinator, not that great of a track record. Because the last time Mike Nolan was a defensive coordinator was 2014 with... The Atlanta Falcons. You know where they were ranked defensively that year in the NFL out of 32 teams? 32. Dead last. Year before that, they were 27. Year before that, they were 24. So he just went down, down, down. 
The following year, the Falcons defense improved, and they actually went to the Super Bowl. And we all know what happened there, but if you just, in case you forgot, they blew a 25-point lead and lost to the Patriots. What do the Falcons have in store for tonight when they play the Green Bay Packers? You got a double doozy. Patriots, Chiefs at 6. Patrick Mahomes, while the Pats will get to start. Ooh, Brian Hoyer, okay? That line has moved now. It was Pats minus a plus 7. It is now Pats plus 11. The, I don't know the last time the Patriots were a double-digit dog, but it's got to have been like 20-plus years. That's at 6 on CBS and on an ESPN 750 later kickoff. It'll be the Packers and the um, and the Falcons. And uh, Troy sent me a tweet that, uh, that Devontae Adams sent out. He doesn't seem happy about it. The Packers receiver says, Sorry, fans and friends, I won't be on the field tonight. I've done everything I need to do and proved I'm ready, but I guess I don't know my body as well as others. Good luck out there, my boys. Yeah, he's frustrated. He wants to play. I get it. And normally I would say, yeah, you might not know your body as well as some doctors, but when you're dealing with NFL doctors and what we saw back when the Saints decided, okay, we're going to say that uh, Delvin Bro should be playing and his leg was actually broken and they misdiagnosed Pierre Thomas. And, oh, by the way, that L.A. Chargers doctor a few weeks ago punctured the lung of the starting quarterback when he missed his ribs with a pain injection. Maybe Devontae actually does know his body a little bit better. Sheesh. Ugh. The Sunbelt Conference, this news just came down. I got an email during the break. Has announced a change to the Sunbelt Conference championship game in terms of when it's going to be played. Now, it was kind of open-ended. They said ideally it would be played on December 4th or 5th, but we might have to move it around. And now the, the Cajuns are actually scheduled to play Appalachian State on either December 4th or 5th. And Cajun fans immediately said, man, you might have to go to Boone two weeks in a row. And what about that? They now have an extra week built into their schedule, does the Sunbelt Conference. The Sunbelt Conference championship game will be played on Saturday, December the 19th. Saturday, December 19th, the game will either be on ESPN or ESPN2. That's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. You could possibly have a game at Cajun Field on December 19th. A football game. A Cajun football game. December 19th is a later date than some of the New Orleans Bowls the Cajuns have won. So if you play in a bowl game, and and, and the whole, look, the entire bowl calendar is going to be catawampus this year. It's going to be wild. It's going to be weird. It's going to be crazy. Every single team in college football is eligible for a bowl this year. I'm not joking. That is actually a fact. You could be winless and get a bowl invite, I suppose. I don't know what bowl would invite a winless team, but hey, who knows? But yeah, you you, you could have a potentially a game of Cajun field, a home game, a football game for a conference championship. Six days before Christmas. ESPN1420.com. Let's see. What is the, the basketball schedule like that week? Yeah, they don't start playing yet. So that won't take place until the end of December. 
Ah, it's been a busy morning. We're going to have a busy week. It's going to be fun. Like I mentioned, Adam Carolla is going to be on tomorrow. Ralph Malbro as well. We'll visit with uh, Brody Miller later this week. Luke Johnson working on him as well. Someone else to break down. Maybe the Cajuns coastal matchup. Norman Locke going to be there. On Thursday morning with me. 269-1077. Got just a few minutes left here on the program. Time for maybe one more phone call. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Uh, what's up with Taysom Hill, man? Um, I thought with the absence of uh, Thomas, we'll see more of him. And um, I saw that uh, he, he snapped a fumble. He botched a, um, a snap. I don't know if it was the center or him. but It looked, um, like, it looked like him. I mean, Taysom, in terms of the read option, I don't – think that's really been a strength of his. I know coach uh I know coach Peyton likes to run it a lot, but um I don't know, it's not it's not the best start for Taysom in terms of like I I always said this about and I and I like Taysom Hill a lot and I think he's a weapon. Uh yeah, one catch yesterday. His sample size was always that of like he was put in a position to succeed and he did it. But prior to this year, it's not like he had had any like glaring mistakes when given his opportunities. And so it was always going to just be like like this idea of him being the future starting quarterback, which I've always questioned openly, very much, uh, was, you know, like you have such a small body of work. Like why, under, why would fans think that that's enough? But, of course, many look at it and say, look, he's, not, he's never done anything wrong, so he's really, really good. Now you've seen him make some mistakes the last two weeks. But, um, you know, that one yesterday was quickly rectified because – I think on the next play, uh, Latavius Murray had a, a you know huge long yeah. first down run, and so you kind of forgot about it. Now the week before, it was a lot different. I mean, now the folks look at that play as the biggest play of the game, game changer. So uh, he does, you know, he's made some mistakes the last two weeks, but um, he's still a real valuable part of that team, man. I mean, he's he's an incredible athlete, and I would imagine more good plays out of him than bad ones moving forward. I guess uh, Patricia's going to take that pencil and start filing out unemployment papers, right? Golly, man, what a, uh, what, what a clown! To say, to 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 take uh, over, you know, to take no, to, to, exactly no, you're right. To take over a team that had a winning record, and then to say, well, look, I'm and you're in year three. Well, look, you know, I mean, we when we got here, when I took over, there was a lot of work we had to do. There's a lot of things we had to fix. We're still working on that. That is. The most asinine, absurd excuse making. It, 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 it's disgusting. It'd be one thing if he came and just took it like a man and was like, "Look, I'm I'm not getting it done right now." And but to just to, to like that's that's just like that's like political agenda type. Let's just blame a previous regime for all of my mistakes. Like that's 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 <laughs> such deflection, man. It's such garbage. And yet it's the lion, wow. so they'll probably keep him around all year. Yeah. What a well, no comment on on that. No comment on your analogy. Um, yeah, man. Like I said, man. Um, I wasn't referencing one any, anyone specifically politically. It's just something that happens in well, politics you know. a lot. So that's that's all. I'm yeah. not trying to open up some big can. Well, yeah. Like I said, no comment. You know. Ex- Thank you. you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hey, like I said, man. Fourteen zero. I wasn't. You know, like you said, it's the Lions. You know, uh, when they score that quickly. You know, two touchdowns like that, um, Swift, and I think uh, Galladay scored one. I forgot who. Kenny yeah, Galladay. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah. Um, like I said, man, great victory. Uh, Taquan Smith, man, I know he took a shot 
they do elbow them in the uh, in the rib section, rib cage area. But he still just for him to catch two touchdowns, man. That that third you know, down catch uh, he had too, I thought was the was the be, was the best one of all of them. He was great, man. I thought it was his best game as a pro. Yeah, and uh, hey, one more thing, I'm gonna hang up. Trey Hendrickson, man, he, he's making it harder and harder. Like when Davenport, when he finally comes back, he's making it harder and harder to, to him to crack that starting lineup. I, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I root for Davenport, but golly, man, you, you you have to play, you know. And I, I'm not saying that, but it's just bad luck right now. And uh, like I said, great victory, and uh, thank you. You have a nice evening. Appreciate it. And good point by Jay there about Hendrickson leading the team in sacks right now. He got another one. Got another one. Making those reps count. He's going to get paid in the offseason. It might not be by the Saints, but he's going to get paid. He's playing his way into a nice contract. Stay tuned. Steve Pelican with Beyond the Game is next. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Ralph Malboro, Adam Carolla. Big time. We'll be on the show tomorrow. I'll talk to you guys then. Until next time, don't be a stranger. ESPN 1420.com. Here's a tip from our HVAC experts at AirServe of Lafayette. How's the temperature in your home or business? Too warm?